But first, we bring you our Friday profile. Um, in a moment, you will meet a great ambassador for women's football in this country. Um, there was a Fit Life magazine cover that had uh, caption because uh, she was on the cover saying, bend it like Lamini, you know, and she was in action. It's such a beautiful image, in fact, because she's uh, playing with the ball and uh, the photographer did a great job of catching her in the action. But she managed to uh, get 105 caps representing South Africa, and her illustrious career spanned 11 years doing great things across different tournaments, playing with other greats like Posha Mudise, Veronica Pewa, and Nompomelelo Nyandini, um, just to name some of the things that she's managed to accomplish in her career. It is the one and only Babes with Diski, <laughs> Amanda Zamini, my namesake. My middle name is Amanda as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. How are you and Welcome. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for inviting me. Uh, yes. I feel really honored. Uh, I'm a huge fan of your work. <laughs> so I'm having a little bit of a moment, but thank you. What um, a lot of people don't realize is how long it's taken for this conversation yeah. to happen. From the time you uh, came on to Supersport as a, as a football yes. analyst, um, it was like, we've got to get her in, uh, to when you decided to retire, we've got to get her in. But t- time just didn't allow. Mm. So reflecting back, how does it feel to have represented your country 105 times? Sure, it's amazing. And um, I think it only hit home when I was about to retire <clears throat> because I thought to myself, it's been such a long journey, but it, it, every every time you're on camp or every match that you play, it's almost as if you just got into the national team just yesterday. Wow. So I think um, <clears throat> it was a, uh, accompanied by a lot of hard work. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you're just constantly living in that moment because it's, it's something that you've always wanted to, to do all your life. And, um, being a rural girl from Guamaki, it was like a dream come true, an absolute dream come true. And, um, I think I was just really honored, uh, to be part of the setup. Yes. And yeah. how hard was that decision? Because football is all you knew for so long since you were yeah. a little girl. And people don't understand that, um, once you're in that space, it's almost as if, Everything evolves around what you do and um, having to decide that you finally um, have to quit or, you know, you're hanging your boots. You sort of have to find yourself again. It's almost as if you're introduced into a different space in a different world. And, uh, you know, every time I spoke to people, they're like, no, it's going to be easy for you. You're Amanda Lamini. So it's, and I thought to myself, it, it's not just that easy. So I had to find my feet and I'm still finding my feet and mm-hmm. um, trying to see what it is that I'm going to do because football is all that I've known from the age of 11. Yes. So it's just been um, a tough time for me, to be honest, but I'm embracing it. And um, I know that um, the couple of work that I do that is good, um, it gives me inner peace and I'm just really... Um, um, very happy about it. Yeah, you yeah. must be very proud. But I can understand that now there's this void. There's this gap yeah. because this thing that used to consume so much of yeah. your time uh, is no longer there. But it also took us a lot by surprise because before that announcement, there had been talk of you being called up for the national team. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, there's a press release saying that uh, you, you've decided to retire from uh, the senior <coughs> women's national team. Yeah. Um, well, I guess a lot of people might even be suspicious. I, um, a lot of things just didn't work out between myself and the coach. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for me to not lose myself in that whole um, 
escapade. I had to make a decision. And I thought to myself, okay, I think um, I've accomplished quite a lot. And um, there's a young talent that obviously needs to come into the spaces. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's best that I just take a decision and say, um, I'm going to be strong about it, even though um, I would have loved to play. I would still love to have played in the World Cup as well, because we've never been there before. Yes. Um, but I guess I just had to make the decision. Mm. And um, what we don't yeah. know, what we didn't know is that you've been <clears throat> considering it since 2015. Yes. Uh, since 2015, um, because I think I've been one of those uh, players in the national team that were always really um, strict about what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be uh, playing football at the age of 25. Um, of course, because of the challenges that we face in women's football, you, you, you just simply cannot make a career out of it. Mm. And um, <clears throat> I felt like... Um, it was a lot of time wasted, but at the same time, like I said, it was a dream come true because yes. it's something that you've always wanted as a little girl. So I thought to myself, you know what, I could be um, making a lot of maybe money or um, a better career somewhere else. Um, and people would say, no, but it's not about money. It's about you representing your country with great dignity and honor. And I said, of course it is. You know, um, we have to sacrifice so much in yeah. between yeah. Um, for us to be here. And when we are here, we are told, Money is not that important, but our male counterparts are earning five times more than what we do. So mm-hmm. it felt a bit difficult. And hence some of the players, because that is the little income that they have and the little income that they've ever known, mm-hmm. feel it's very hard to detach or to move on from the national team. So sure. I felt I couldn't really confide myself in that space for any longer. Right. Yeah. Um, so along the way, because you talk about sacrifices uh, in order for you to achieve this dream, you were studying, yeah. uh, and there was an, uh, this also came as an, a bit of a not an interruption, but the choice that you had to make mm-hmm. around either your studies or pursuing football. Um, and it's because of my mom. My mom was very strict from the beginning, mm-hmm. um, not really wanting me to play football with the boys back at home. Yes. And um, I think when I moved to Johannesburg, she she simply told me, "You you you you're going to Johannesburg for studying." And fortunately, I had friends who who knew me and my abilities in 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 soccer, mm-hmm. and they recommended me. I got um, a sports bursary, and then all of a sudden things started taking shape. Then my mom wouldn't have to pay school fees, and that's just the angle I used. I said, "Look at it." This way if I play soccer you won't have to pay for my school fees because the school will cover it so then I had to make sure though that I, I balanced it um, also because of the stereotypes and the labeling that um, evolves around uh, women footballers and just general soccer players footballers are uneducated or Mm-hmm. Um, footballers don't go to school So when I got to the national team And indeed most of the players had no qualifications mm-hmm. And it's just the reality of life And um, <clears throat> I tried to motivate them And all of a sudden We had more girls that were studying And for me I was happy about that Because then that means you're changing the game In the little space that you are in yeah. And then we started talking about it And a lot of other girls started getting scholarships Even in America and then for me, I thought, you know what, I've done my work here. Yeah. Yes, yes, you've <laughs> yeah. been a blessing and has, yeah. you've helped other people achieve their dreams. Yeah. Um, let's go back to when you were, let's go back to when you were that young girl at about the age of 11 and when you fell in love with football. First, it was on the sidelines watching the boys yeah. play. <laughs> yes, my cousin, Uncle C, was uh, one person who would just, 
um, dragged me out at home and say, let's go and just walk around and play soccer. And I thought, I can't play soccer. Um, it's just a typical girls thing. But then he said, no, just try it out. You'll see what happens. So I played with them. And um, the next Sunday, their coach came knocking at my house. My mom was really stunned. And so was I, because I didn't think that the coach would really know where I lived, uh, first and foremost. But um, to really think that I had an ability um, to rope me in into the squad Mm. was something really refreshing and my mom was taken aback and from there I think she started being strict you have to be home by 6 o'clock uh, if training is done or not you have to be here yes. and then that's when our relationship um, you know started breaking down because I was really adamant and saying I want to play soccer like mm. can you just allow me to do that so mm. what but, were her worries why was she <clears throat> why was she discouraging you um, I think because um, being in a rural area, um, a lot of people are not exposed to girls playing football. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, once you find that Amanda's playing football, then ah, I, no, she's probably going to turn into something else. Um, it's not safe um, yeah. to be around boys. The only girl who's the, um, the person that's going to look after. And we had um, outings and trips where we had to go play and sleep over at, uh, at a place. She sometimes would say no. Because mm. she was that scared mm. And of course um, it comes with uh, insecurities Of the environment of the community And it's not easy mm-hmm. Hence we always talk about it when we speak to the young girls To say if parents are involved Earlier into the lives Of the girls and um, what it is that they want To do in the sports it's much better Because then they're exposed to it But also they see the opportunities that we've had In football and um, I think then it becomes A better space to be in Yes the more we have role models like yourselves The better uh, the prospects <laughs> of young girls staying in in sport yeah. uh, because there's so many things that can derail them. So you were the only girl yeah. playing on an all boys team, Callis. Yes, <laughs> and that's what started your your football career. Mm. Um, and then where did you go after that? Was it this move to Johannesburg and a friend saying because you're good at football, there, there's this opportunity, um, or did you continue playing for different clubs in between? I I moved from. Uh, I had dengue and I went to Durban mm. because of my high school teacher, uh, my, my primary school teacher who, who insisted that I went for, for soccer trials with Durban ladies. So that whole transition of moving, um, from, from Durban and um, from Harding to Durban was a bit difficult because I was still very young mm-hmm. and uh, being a girl, um, I think I was 13. Wow. Yeah, I was 13 wow. and being a, a, a young girl, it was unheard of. It's normally the boys that go for soccer trials, boys that leave home and go look for a job and so forth. Mm. So for me, my mom as well again was like, no, mm. I, it's going to be difficult to let go of her, her little girl. Mm. So, but I had to convince her. Unfortunately, her sister, whom is my aunt, um, um, stayed in Laz. Mm-hmm. So then at least I was able to stay there and I went to Cleo's secondary, completed my matric there and then moved to Johannesburg and the uh, move to Johannesburg was quite funny because my friends and I decided that we want to go out of KZN and study elsewhere. So we'd go as a group. When we had to leave the following year, I was the only one that <laughs> ended up in Johannesburg and they all stayed in KZN. Mm-hmm. So, but then again, I guess it was a blessing in disguise. My, my path was different to theirs. And at some point you have to be strong about it. Wow. We're going to take a break and then we'll uh, take a look at your comments and calls for my guest, Amanda Lamini, a woman who's represented and captained uh, the Banyana Banyana side. Uh, her career spanned 11 years and she retired from South Africa's senior women's national team earlier this year um, with 105 caps uh, 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 behind her. Uh, and, 
a tweet from uh, TK Seed says, analysis, yeah, Dikent. Obisa Dikent. Can you believe it? That's what they're calling you. That's how he describes it. Let's take a quick one from uh, Tabo calling from Orlando in Soweto. Um, good afternoon, Tabo. Hi, I'm an I am an I. How are you? Good, and you? I'm fine, thanks. I'm so here speaking to my number one. I'm Amanda's number one friend. Mm. Uh, Amanda, if she's listening, there's a guy who tweeted to say, Amanda, the big things are coming for her. She's going to be one of the best anchors. If she remembers that tweet. And I said, one day she's going to be one of the best anchors in the World Cup. I always, always look, you know, like Amanda, she's the best. You see, talent and education, if you push them together, mm-hmm. you become a star. That's what Amanda is. Oh, terrible. She is the best. Thank, you know, thank. even if when you watch Amanda when she's on television, I'm telling you, she's one lady that is loved by so many. Yeah. Because of the way she's so eloquent, she's talented, and with due respect, she's so beautiful. <laughs> thank you for your call. Lovely words indeed. How does that make you feel? Oh, so warm and fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> I think for the first time, um, our male counterparts ac- actually accept and acknowledge, um, us simply because we're doing a great job and the looks afterwards. But mm, it's a great mm. combination. And I feel, mm. um, we're being accommodated in the space and it's really good. We'll take a break and come back with more with Amanda Lamini. It's now 23 minutes past two uh, and we're speaking to a champion and great ambassador for uh, women in sport and of course for South African football, Amanda Zlamini. She's our Friday profile today. Amanda, you started the Amanda Zlamini Girls uh, Foundation and um, you you did this. It was part of your, your, your own journey in the national side. So tell me about the work that you've been doing. Off air, we were talking about even the things you were doing, the <coughs> tournament that took place over the weekend, uh, the conference that was happening yesterday in Soweto. So you're quite involved in the developmental side of things. Yeah, I, I think that's where my passion is. Um, I really enjoy it, interacting with the kids, though at times it becomes very emotional mm. because you wish that you could just give so much more. And at that point in time, you're, you're there maybe just to speak to them or maybe for a couple of hours to do coaching clinics, of which I feel is not enough. But um, our foundation was established in 2012, and that was immediately after we returned from the Olympic Games for the first time. Yeah. And um, I remember <clears throat> having a conversation with mom, and I said, I want to have a foundation, but I don't know how to go about it. Um, and simply because I, I, I wanted to share my story with the kids back at home, mm-hmm. to say that uh, at an age of, of even 15, you're then told you're done with school, um, you're going to get married, and and that is just your life. Mm. Um, so for me, I felt I could be an inspiration to 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 the youth and say, you know what, we we also have dreams, we also have talents. Um, how can we explore them with our education, of course? And yeah. for me, that really mattered the most. That I want to go back home and really tell my story, um, just so that everyone else can at least be given a fair chance. Because so often we hear about how girls are can be derailed yeah. from their sporting ambitions, especially in those teenage years. Yeah. So, so they need a lot of support. Uh, during that period for them to see through their dreams yeah and um like i said it it yes you have a talent but it, it's almost like a holistic approach from either your school teacher um your your sports coordinator at school um your parents as well but also the community if yes. it is that they encourage you but if your community is one community that says 
once you reach the age of 16, then you're, you're good enough to get married, to have kids, and that, that is just your life, and of which you can't further your, your, your dreams anymore. And mm-hmm. I felt that that was such a major restriction, and I was so fortunate that I had those people around me that could motivate me and encourage me to do what I wanted to do. Of course, it was not easy, but with the foundation, then we go to um, all the primary schools in the rural areas. We encourage them to play. Sometimes we want to do coaching clinics, but we can't mm. because there's just no space to even do any uh, particular activity. Yes, so then there's no infrastructure. Yeah, there's no infrastructure, nothing. So we, we, we designed a specific program for that to accommodate those kids and mm. say, we're not just going to leave sporting equipment and kit and then that's it. But at least we're doing, we're doing some sort of activities and competitions with the surrounding schools as well, right. of which then became a very popular program. And, um, which is, um, I think I'm grateful to the guys back in KZN for doing that. And we're just hoping that we can branch more and partner with more people in different provinces because that's where we want to take our stories. Um, When people see us on TV, we shouldn't be distant. We should be very accessible. Mm, And making that difference. Now, um, and I want you to... I want to ask this question because we worry about the challenges for women in sport. Um, the fact that you talked about this pay discrepancy that's always been there. The challenges continue. The lack of support. Uh, yes, there's a finally the Sassol League with uh, Sassol coming on board to support it. But SAFA in itself is ravaged with a lot of problems. And the most recent is their pronouncement that they're going to support Danny Jordan in the rape charges that he faces. They, for me, that was a deplorable decision because this victim's case has not been heard in a court of law yet. And they've already taken a side saying that he's been persecuted by the media. So as a female sports person, what is your feeling about that? What did you think of that decision? And, you know, I actually had a conversation with one of my um, friends yesterday mm. um, about the particular topic. And um, I said, you know, for the longest of times, because it's been almost like um, a habit in the surface space, that if it is that you're unpleased about something, you're forced not to say anything about it. And um, for me, it has been quite a, a challenge. Being the leader of the team, you're supposed to lead a particular way and um, say particular things, maybe in the media or not. Um, and if it is that you talk out of line, then it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are like, numerous of things that we've been talking about. And with um, the president's um, scenario, I feel that for all women, I think we should be able to stand up. And it, it just it sends a loud message that even in the Safa house, women are not equally represented. Mm-hmm. And it's not only because of the rape charges, but so many other things that are happening there. No one is bold enough to stand up and represent women. And for me, that has been the biggest um, um, problem mm-hmm. um, in, in, in Safa House and the Safa structures. So I, I feel that um, people should be given an equal chance, like you say, um, sh- should be heard, uh, because then we are encouraging something that could potentially be something that is going to be a habit. Yes. So therefore, I feel that um, such things should be put to stop. Mm, and I remember even with Posha Mudise, when yeah. she talked about some of the issues within uh, Safa and how the women's team is treated, mm. you know, there is that backlash. Yeah. There is that backlash and you get punished for it. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that it it, it it's become such a norm. It's, mm. it's almost a like a within culture the within the organization. And as a mother body for, for football, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, also a case of Amanda's sister when she was... Um, 
tested at, at the games and she was found mm. with a substance that she wasn't even aware about. They chose to protect the doctor and not her. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's still, and not her. Mm-hmm. And for me, that still hurts me today to say that if it is that our own association cannot protect us, then who is going to do that for us? And when we spoke about it, we were told that it's none of our business. They're going to handle it the right way. They told her to keep quiet. And it just became something um, that even took a career away for her. Because mm-hmm. even today, a lot of people still admire the work that she did. But from that time, 2012, 2011, she was never ever to be seen in the national team performing at highest ability. So for me, it's, 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 it's a big concern. Right. Um, so you, you don't have ambitions of being a coach, a football <laughs> coach. Why is that? <laughs> I feel it's such a, a tough job. Like, and I respect everyone that's in the coaching space. Um, but I think for me, my passion is just behind the scenes doing mm-hmm. a lot of interactions and engagements at, at ground level. And if it is that an opportunity arises to, to be a catalyst of, of, of football development at grassroots level, then I think I'd raise my hand up high. Right. And yeah. football has afforded you so many opportunities yeah, to be absolutely. able to allow somebody else to have similar opportunities yeah. uh, must be incredibly rewarding. It it is so, so rewarding um, because a lot of people also ask me, how did you get there? And I just simply say it, it started with education. If it is that I didn't really, um, you know, be have a, have a mother that was so strict in saying you have to finish your school, like you have to graduate and so forth. I doubt that I would have had the opportunities that I've had because if it is that I was dropped in the national team, that was it for me. You know, so I felt that through education and through sports, there's so many other avenues that suddenly opened. And for me to share my stories and interact with the younger ones, then I think I can, I'll always be happy. Wow. You are exceptional. We absolutely adore you. you. And keep doing the wonderful work that you've been doing through the Amanda Tlamini Girls Foundation. Thank you. Just to share some tweets before the headlines, Terry says, the football knowledge and understanding Amanda has is world class. And Keke says, not just a pretty face, she has the brain and it's evident in her analysis. I remember Tabiso Tema saying, hey, we're not talking. Who retires at 30? (laughs) And Keke going on to say, keep shining, you're doing us proud. That was our Friday profile, Amanda Zamini.